0: You're listening to the Godfather and Gourney podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney.
1: That's right. Welcome to another edition of the Godfather and Gourney podcast. My name is Dave Barry and I'm joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gourney. Guys, the NFL Combine is in full effect. We saw a lot over the weekend. Uh, everybody was wondering what Kyler Murray was going to come in uh, height-wise, and he he reached that that five foot ten bar. Mike, do you believe that? Do you believe he's actually five foot ten?
0: I, you know, I have to. I think the measurements are accurate. Um, now having stood next to him at Under Armour, uh, late in his senior year, he was not five ten. He was probably about five eight, five nine. And Gorny, you were there.
1: Yeah, I was there. Uh, I I remember interviewing him at the Disney World uh, Baseball Stadium. They had a media day there, and I saw him a bunch that week, and I was surprised surprised because it seemed like when the Combine was starting, the kind of whisper number was that he was going to come in under 5'10", that he was in the 5'9", somewhere, and, you know, is there a huge difference between 5'9", and 5'10", and 1'8", or whatever? I don't think so, but... I think it really mattered in terms of the NFL teams looking at him being over five ten, so they wouldn't freak out. They, they were gonna freak out if Baker Mayfield was under six feet last year. He wasn't. Now five ten is the bar. So next year, uh, maybe five six will be the bar.
0: Yeah, but he was not five ten back then.
1: No, no, no. So he's how tall I are you? He was probably five eight and a half. So over you know the next three years, he stretched out by an inch and a half. How tall are you? I'm about five on a good day, five nine. Yeah, so, I mean,
0: you were looking him right in the eye.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was about looking him right in the eye.
0: All right. But, you know, kids can grow in college. So, I mean, 5'10", does it matter? I mean, he was the same size as Russell Wilson, a little bit thicker, which was surprising to me. He was 207, and Russell Wilson was a little bit lighter than that. But he does yeah. not look like a thick kid at all. I mean, Russell Wilson looks like he's got something to him. Um, but uh, Kyler Murray looks like, you know, he's very skinny and... You could break him in half, but now the debate is, you know, he's going to go to his pro day. He's going to feel comfortable where he is. Obviously, throwing to people he knows, he's going to have a great pro day. Um, you know, it's hard not to have a great pro day when you're throwing against air. Uh, is he the number one pick? That you know, two days ago I think it came out that it was a lock that Kingsbury was going to take him number one overall, and they were going to trade Rosen, and they were talking about the Giants and the Redskins, and, and then it just came out today. Um, that Arizona is going to stand pat at quarterback and they're not going to take him. You know, Rich Eisen said during the combine, he's hearing that Arizona has communicated that they're staying pat at the quarterback position with respect to the draft. Um, You know, but I don't know what to believe, honestly. I would take Rosen and develop him but you've got such a bad offensive line and such a bad football team, you know, maybe Murray's a better fit for that offense.
1: Yeah, yeah I think the interesting thing is here, um, you know, you can get a tremendous amount of value, I, I think, for Josh Rosen right now. So, uh, But it's a huge risk taking Kyler Murray. We don't know if he's going to be successful in the NFL. I think a lot of his you know, chatter about being number one is because of Baker Mayfield doing so well in his first year with the Browns. They're different players. Uh, Obviously, Kyler Murray had uh, one great year at Oklahoma. I think that's what everyone is relying on as as his future. But if you look at the Cardinals, uh, they're a bad football team. And so Kyler Murray uh, could have been benefited a lot by having Hollywood Brown, by having CeeDee Lamb, by having Grant Calcaterra, by having A phenomenal group of running backs, even after Rodney Anderson went down, and having an incredibly innovative offensive mind in Lincoln Riley, which any NFL team except the Patriots probably would have taken this year and hired. So we're not talking about a a surefire, guaranteed star NFL quarterback, which I think Josh Rosen is down the line. Um, He he struggled in his rookie year because his team is just god-awful. He got sacked every other play. And you know if you take Kyler Murray into this offense, he can work with Christian Kirk, but how how long does Larry Fitzgerald have? Then the backups, Jalen Tolliver and J.J. Nelson. This is not exactly a loaded football team. So to bring in a quarterback who's got to kind of run around and make things up and, and do all those kinds of things, I don't know if it's a guarantee. So I think if you're the Cardinals, you look at it and you go, we can get some stuff for Josh Rosen but we might be giving up one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL for a very risky quarterback. Uh, I think you stick with Josh Rosen and then down the line uh, uh, get some offensive playmakers that you can work with. But do you think Rosen fits with Kingsbury? Because those are two big personalities that maybe want to do slightly different things on offense, drastically different things maybe.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting because we know Rosen is certainly an outspoken kid. And and so is Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray... Fits that air raid offense that Kingsbury likes to to run. I think Rosen can succeed in that. Um, yeah. You know it, it. They could butt heads though. I mean that'd be interesting. I still am wondering why Arizona hired Kingsbury as their head coach. I mean.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, geez, that that that's a <laughs> yeah. That's another thing entirely. And I think that's a desperate NFL team trying to go after a completely different style of offense to see if it can possibly work. Everybody in the NFL is trying to figure out ways to score more points. And that's why a lot of teams wanted to hire Lincoln Riley. That's why Chip Kelly was such a big name for a while. And now Kingsbury, who honestly was pretty much a a failure at Texas Tech, did not do very well could never figure out how to uh, develop a defense over years uh, in the Big 12, Um, gets hired as an NFL coach. You know, I'm not entirely sold that this is going to work out in the first place.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, it depends on what value they would get for Josh Rosen, too. They'd have to get a first-rounder, you know, or maybe a first-rounder and, and, you know, multiple other picks and things like that. And I think they could from certain teams, you know, that – in a, in a quarterback year that doesn't look so great. Um, you know Rosen could be <clears throat> you know that, that first rounder that a team wants if they're willing to trade their first round pick for him but uh I don't know it's just it, it's weird to see a kid that's number 10 in the you know 10, 10 in the, in the NFL draft uh, they traded up for him last year and here we are a year later talking about him being traded and it's not an attitude issue. It's not um, anything, but they hired a coach who is, I think, woefully not qualified for the position, and and, yeah. and they're going to try to play to his strengths, and uh, that that just seems like a recipe for disaster. But but we'll see. I I wasn't thrilled that Murray didn't work out. You know, it, it kind of looks bad when he's following around the other quarterbacks and not throwing and and things like that. That always kind of makes me wonder a little bit. We know he's a talented kid, and he could have gone out there and made all those throws. It's not like it's difficult. Um, But, you know, to each his own. So we'll see. We all know a quarterback could go number one, but these defensive linemen, I mean, I was watching on Sunday. It's just ridiculous. I really don't know you know, there's going to be, I don't know, maybe maybe 10 defensive linemen taken in the
1: first round. And, and that wouldn't be a stretch, and it probably isn't enough. There, there are probably going to be even more sitting in there in the second round that are complete steals because this group is, you know, so many times coming into the combine, it's all about hype and talk and whoever else and who's hot and who's not. and But this entire group is very, very good, um, incredibly solid. Both at tackle and end, um, some of those guys. I mean, when when teams are asking Ed Oliver, who's an interior defensive lineman, to, to work out at linebacker because they could think he could be the next Melvin Ingram, that's pretty impressive. What Montez Sweat did was unbelievable. What Quinn and Williams did was unbelievable. Rashawn Gary had a good day. I you know other than Ja'Kai Polite maybe had maybe a little bit of a bad day, but. Uh, the UCF guy who didn't even start looked great. <laughs> I mean, everybody looked just phenomenal up and down the line, incredibly athletic. And and this is a note to all the top prospects out there listening. If you're a defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, don't have any bad weight on you. Quinnen Williams has no bad weight on him. And Isaiah Bugs looked great. I mean, every single one down the line, they were breaking records, running the fastest 40s ever. Uh, everything that they did, even on the bench press, everything was phenomenal. And, um, you know, the Cardinals need so much help. Let's start the Cardinals, go to the 49ers, the Jets, on down the line. Need so much help, they can load up. And we, we didn't even talk about Nick Boza, and he was, I don't even think, the standout of the day. I don't even think he was in the top three or four. Well, he's a great-looking kid, though. I mean, mine- Oh, yeah, he's a phenomenal-looking kid, but he didn't break records like Montez Sweat.
0: No, no. I think, obviously, his production on the field is, is good, and, and so is Sweats. And, you know, Sweats taller and longer and faster, but not quite as powerful. Boza yeah. is definitely a more powerful guy when you're talking about playing the run and, and holding the line of scrimmage and things like that. So, um, you know, Boza reminds me of Chris Long, and everybody says, oh, my God, he's so much better than Chris Long. People don't remember, Chris Long was the number two pick in the draft. And yeah, yeah. You know, he was pretty good for the Rams, even though they were a really bad football team. He's won two Super Bowls. He's been key for the Patriots and the, and the Eagles over the last few years. Um, he's had a very solid career. And, you know, people who expect Nick Boza to be, I don't know, the next Reggie White, maybe they're thinking too much. I mean, if they can get a 12 year career out of a Nick Boza, uh, that's what you want. So, but yeah, his 479 time was good, but. It was overshadowed by a lot of other stuff. So, I mean, you look at Josh Allen, who worked out with the linebackers, but he's an edge guy. Yep. You look at Quentin Williams and Nick Boza. um, You know, on and on it goes. Rashawn Gary, of course, with his potential. Christian Wilkins sort of gets forgotten. You know, Ed Oliver you mentioned. Um, You're going to get a guy like Dexter Lawrence that falls to the second round, and you're going to get a steal. Yep. It's, it's just a, a crazy groove.
1: Yeah, and uh, do you remember Quinn and Williams much in high school? I mean, I didn't see much of him. I don't really remember him. I remember the other guys, Gary and Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins. Um, he he but, was but one Williams of those guys. Guy.
0: He came on late. Um, usually it's the Mississippi kids that come on late in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. Yeah. But it was it was Quentin Williams who came on late and really pushed up our rankings from that Alabama-Mississippi game. He played defensive end and defensive tackle throughout the week of practice, and he was just dominating everybody with his hands and his quickness and his speed. So it pushed him up just outside the top 100. Um, obviously, you know, he's going to be a top three or four pick, so um, should have been a five-star. But he was one that I think was just his trajectory was – rising at the end of our ranking cycle had we seen him in in a couple more events you know obviously signing day came and that was the end of that uh i think he would have continued to push up the ranking so he was a late bloomer sort of like like chris jones who's with the chiefs now who's you know one of their better players and you know one of the leaders in the nfl and sacks um just a guy we discovered late and you know for chris jones he was just so long and 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 big uh he he ended up being a five star but Quentin williams i think a couple more evaluations would have probably been up in that range
1: and he'll always be known for his underwear mishap at the combine which is unforgettable chris jones right
0: yeah that was the old yeah that's infamous actually yeah and it's funny because I felt so bad for him, you know, because people were making a joke of that. And, you know, this was a kid who's six foot six and, and, and came out of high school as an edge guy, moved inside at Mississippi State as a defensive tackle. And I, I thought, you know, oh, God, he's going to be known for that forever. But now he's just known as one of the best defensive tackles in <laughs> the NFL. I mean, he can rush the passer. And, and that's what you look for. You look, you know, you look at these classes for guys that are outside guys now that will be inside guys in a few years, like a Zach Pickens. Yeah. Zach Pickens in our 2019 Rivals 100 is one of those big defensive ends who's, you know, DeMarvin Leal is another one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. These guys, Pickens ranked ninth, Leal ranked 10th. Um, these are guys that, you know, play outside. They're defensive ends. They can play in the middle, and they do at times, um, but in a couple of years, they'll be full-blown, 290-pound uh, defensive tackles who can move like defensive ends no. and get pressure on everybody. And Those are the type of guys that right now you look at, and you're like, okay, I can see in the combine three years from now. We're going to be looking at, at those type of guys, and then there's the the Zach Harrison's of the world. Who, yeah, I was
1: just going to bring him up. Yeah, that's the real question there. His, you know, he's going to run at the combine. He's going to run an incredible time. People are going to be wowed by him. But is he a very good football player? Is the question? Well, I think and he's so, he's the Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, this,
0: yeah. You know, like Rashawn Gary was a really good football player in high school. We started scouting him as a ninth grader. Um, you know, he was at our five star challenge twice. First year, he was really raw, up, upright, uh, you know, stiff. Uh, second year, he played much lower, was much more dominant. And then at Under Armour, he played defensive end and just dominated everybody at 280 pounds or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, he was a heck of a football player. Then he goes off to Michigan. You know, that Don Brown system isn't made to make one guy a star. I mean, everybody star. works together. Yep. and. You know, st- statistics are hard to come by at times, and you're, sometimes your job is to, you know, take up other blockers and let someone else shine. But, um, you know, his production is a little bit worrisome, and I, I can see Zach Harrison being a guy like that at Ohio State. You know, Ohio State does a really good job developing their defensive linemen, though. That's one thing, you know, they do a great job. Defensive backs and defensive linemen at Ohio State, um, you really don't have any problems with. So... I think he'll get coached up there, you know, obviously Larry Johnson's there. Uh, but he's the guy that I look at in this class is, okay, that's your Rashawn Gary right there.
1: Yeah, he's going to measure off the charts. His wingspan is going to be huge. He's going to run well. He's going to do all those things with those questions. But but if half of football is just having a motor and not stopping and continuing to, you know, pulverize your opponent into the ground, that's Rashawn Gary. So I think Rashawn Gary will be fine in the NFL. Um But this group, and and we didn't even talk about maybe the best one of them all in in Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, He's not at the Combine, but um, he was phenomenal in high school. At Army, I remember him. It was a freezing cold day. He just dominated everybody when they still practiced outside, when it was still the Army game. Uh, And then at Mississippi State, he was great inside when Montez Sweat was outside. And so I think he's another one that, Might be getting pushed down the list here, but some teams are going to, you know, a team is going to take him, even though not seeing him at the Combine, and uh, they're going to love him, and so this group is just absolutely phenomenal. I loved Sweat always, he had kind of gotten a bad grade, kind of coming into the Combine it was being pushed down, but I think he's he's a phenomenal player off the edge and should fit in perfectly in the NFL. So this group, I, I just don't see where, and there will be misses, but... I just don't know which ones are going to be misses because they all just look like phenomenal talents.
0: Yeah, and now a guy like Claylin Farrell is sort of in the 20 to 25 range when he was in the top 10 range. Um, he's going to be a steal for somebody yeah. because he's getting pushed down a little bit. And and then, um, you know, Jerry Teller- Tillery is another outstanding defensive tackle. So,
1: I mean, How about like, that? How about that discussion yesterday? That was an interesting discussion because Rich Eisen got a little ticked off about where that was going. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Jerry, Tiller, Jerry Tillery, for people that don't know, subscribes to the Economist and to the New Yorker, and a lot of teams are concerned that he doesn't love football because of it. And Rich Eisen kind of went off that you can be well-read and also love playing football.
0: Yeah, and I, I can tell you, you know, from first impressions, obviously, and if Jerry, Jerry Tillery to us struck us as too nice a person to be a good football yes. player. Yes, you know, I mean, yeah. he, was, he was he worked out at offensive line. Uh, Pretty much at every camp we had, Um, and I'm pretty positive he was in the five star challenge as an offensive lineman. And and you talk to him, and you're just like, "This is, this is just too nice a kid to play football to have." Yeah, we don't know if there's There's
1: a switch there there that can really get to that mean level that we're going to need.
0: But also, isn't he the one who didn't he kick somebody in the head?
1: Yes, I believe he did. Or was it, or was uh, it
0: the other defensive tackle, uh, the kid from New York? Somebody kicked somebody in the head. I'm going to, let's just say it's Jerry Tillery, just to, oh. <laughs> to to counteract The Economist and all that other stuff. Let's say Jerry Tillery kicks somebody in the head. I mean, he's mean on film. So, yes, USC rips
1: dirty kick, stomp by Jerry there Tillery. There it is.
0: So, I mean, he's got the yeah. anger. He's got the mean streak. He's uh, he's an angry guy, so.
1: I mean, he drove from Louisiana to, to Notre Dame for that visit and committed on the spot. I mean, that, that's a kid who cares about football. He drove from Louisiana to Indiana. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, uphill all the way. So right. I, I, I think this is a good draft. You know, people don't, because the running back position isn't that flashy and the quarterbacks are a question mark. I've never seen a defensive line group like this ever. I was impressed with the linebackers when you when you lump Josh Allen in there and you're talking about, you know, Devin Bush and Devin White. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I I like the linebacker group. It's not deep. Receiver. Yeah, receiver's good. Offensive line, too. I mean, I was impressed. You know, some of the guys, it's funny, you know, some of the guys that, you know, Cody Ford was a really raw offensive lineman coming out of high school. He was a four-star kid. He had a lot of potential. Great lower body strength. Didn't know what he was doing. Not a great technician. Um, Now he's, you know, all the talk. Um, yeah you know I don't know who's gonna go first amongst the offensive tackles if it's gonna be him or if it's gonna be Jonah Williams or if it's gonna be someone else but then you see a guy like Greg little who I was not impressed with um, no yeah I think he's kind of plummeting here yeah um, and he, he, he just he I mean you know it's so funny in high school take Joan Taylor okay exactly I was just gonna bring him up looks just horrible you know. Yeah, 300 and uh, out of shape, 345 oh, pounds, yeah. Oh, 370. I guarantee you that kid was 370. He was, yeah, easily. They told him he had to get down to 340 to get an offer from Florida, and I think he did. But my goodness, he looked just
1: not good. And but then, usually those kids, too, when they have to lose that dramatic weight, they balloon right back up, you know?
0: Well, I mean, Orlando Brown did the same thing. He looked awful in high school, and he lost all the weight. Yeah. And, you know, again, he doesn't look great. I mean, these aren't exactly wimmer bodies but right. it's juan taylor looks so much better and so much quicker and it was instant like he was a freshman
1: all sec guy you know yeah and uh, i lived in gainesville i know the good food there he does too i mean i ballooned right up and i, I haven't lost the weight well there's a hooters there <laughs> we we were there together we were there together <laughs> and i still remember our waitress
0: she was extremely talented <laughs> how, how can you forget her she was blonde with short hair. I mean, listen, I don't even know why we were there. It must have been Friday Night Lights or something.
1: Yeah, I think it was. I yeah. think it was one of those hell trips where yep. uh, our wives think we're in beautiful central Florida enjoying ourselves and we're driving in the middle of the night between Orlando and Gainesville. Well, this this is the hell trip. What was that called? What was that 7-on-7 uh, seven seven called?
0: Uh,
1: um, the one that's not around anymore. The one at Disney. Uh, oh, God, we're so old. I could picture the, the stadium. I could picture Ray-Ray Armstrong.
0: Yeah, it? I could picture none of them having numbers. Right. <laughs> or rosters. <space. laughs> Which was awesome. But I went from Top Gun, right, in Virginia, where it was yes. like always 102 degrees, down to that thing. Uh, gridiron Stars, Gridiron...
1: Gridiron Kings. Gridiron
0: Kings. Okay. Down to Gridiron Kings for day one. Showing up, getting a roster with no numbers on it. Having to figure out who each kid is by facial recognition <laughs> software, which is my stupid head. And then okay. going up to him and saying, hey, who are you again? Who are you? <laughs> then driving to Gainesville for Friday Night Lights, where you had no access, and you're sitting in the stands. And,
1: and quite damp in the car, too. I remember, you know, that, that, that South, the central Florida heat. It's not not the nicest, uh, yeah. nicest drive. And, uh, you
0: know... No, of course, no rosters for Friday Night Lights because that's illegal no. and all this other stuff. So trying to figure out who's who and all this other stuff, and then driving back that night for the set, the second day of Gridiron Kings or whatever. But yeah, that that's what we call a hell trip. And I don't yeah, know how we got hell. on that tangent, but Juwan Taylor has nothing to do with that story. Um, but Not before, a thing. Yeah, but why? How did we get on that story? I don't know. Jonah Williams I'm talking Jonah about Williams. Hooters. Oh, we were something. talking about Hooters. Yeah, we were talking about Hooters. That's right, Hooters. It's you true. know, the I'm only times
1: in my life that, that I've that been to Hooters is, has been with you guys.
0: guys. I you don't know you don't know what you're missing, man. I mean, the food's <laughs> horrible. We usually get the
1: ugly wagers. but in Gainesville, we <laughs> I wonder why
0: we struck gold
1: in Gainesville. Yeah, if yeah, she, it was uh, an A plus effort that. If, if was she's great. still
0: out there, I don't know what what she's doing, but hello. I forget her yeah. name, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, Jawan knows all the hot spots to eat in Gainesville. Uh, but he lost the weight. Now he's you know potentially the number one tackle in the draft. Um, you know, and Greg Little, who looked great, he had, he looked pudgy.
1: Yeah, He, yeah. he had a belly on soft. him. He
0: he didn't look fluid. I was even no. watching watching him do that mirror drill, that that stupid drill that they do at the end to try to wear you out. Back um, and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, with the with a typewriter. Feet and you know, yeah, all that stuff. The sewing uh, machine feet, and he was he was just struggling with that, which is pretty easy drill for these guys to do. So I mean, we're talking about you know a five star no brainer who was gonna be awesome. Now what, what could he
1: slide to the third round? Yeah, I think he could. I I I think there are a lot of people ahead of him. Uh, now and then, teams that might not need an offensive tackle. Um, yeah, Jawan Taylor checked in six five three twelve. Yeah, that's so he lost crazy. easily sixty pounds in college. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, and people, you know, tell us, oh, you're stupid. How could you not have you know Orlando Brown as a as a five star coming out of high school? He was first team all Big Twelve and blah 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 for two years. And how could you not have Jawan Taylor, who's going to be a top ten pick? More than a three star coming out of high school. Well, they were fat. Like yeah. I'm fat. And they just I just did know not what fat look is. good. Yeah. No, and I know, and they were fat and slow. That that comes together. That, that you know, I'm fat and I'm slow. I'm not fat and fast. Um, right. You know that that really you don't hear fat and fast together in the same sentence. They're just fat and slow. And you know they turned into something special. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys. I mean, Murray was a four star. Boza was a five star. Williams was a four star. Allen was a three star. Rutgers, Allen's coach in New Jersey, he played in Alabama as a wide receiver, moved to New Jersey. You want to talk about a culture shock? His senior year of high school. His coach at Montclair wanted Rutgers to offer that kid, begged them to offer him. And And they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. And he had 22 and a half sacks as a senior. We had him as a five-five-three star He had one freaking offer. Yeah. And that was Kentucky. And now he's yeah. going to be picked in the top four. Like, there's yeah. no way to just see that coming. Yeah. You know? But people will rag on us for it. It's like, who's the dude who's playing for the Bears now, who was with the Raiders? Uh, Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack. Um, yeah. Buffalo. They were the Buffalo. only ones who wanted him. Everybody who looked at him said he's too slow. He's, he's not, you know. Uh, he can't move side to side well enough. Blah blah blah. Then he goes off to college and turns into an animal, and then we get yelled at. But when you're looking at this, I'm looking at a mock draft here. Haskins was a four star. Uh, Hawkinson was a three. Again, Iowa tight end should always be four stars. Um, <laughs> Brian Burns was a four. DK Metcalf was a four. Drew Locke was a four. Andre Dillard, what was he? That's your guy.
1: No, he was a he was a three. That was another kid who really was not recruited at all. Um, he, he was kind of a guy that was from, uh, from Washington. Uh, here's who Washington State beat out for him. Eastern Washington, Idaho, Portland State. Hmm. Not a guy that showed up anywhere. Had decent measurables. Um, and, and, and what's interesting is I was talking, I have to give credit to Greg Biggins for this, and he'll, he'll make the podcast for the first time. Uh, guys who were top 10 guys in, in uh, offensive linemen who were top 10 guys testing at the Combine, all were guys who weighed less than 250 pounds in high school. Guys that max out, like uh, if, if, if you're if you're a 6'6", 325-pound high school offensive lineman, you're probably not going to – you might be drafted first, but you're not going to test well in high school. It's all these guys who are like converted tight ends and all those kinds of guys that really develop. So when you look at Andre Dillard in high school and you go, he's 6'5", 240, he's too lean, if you're projecting to the NFL, that's a perfect guy to take and make a five-star.
0: Yeah, Chris Lindstrom from BC is going to be a second-rounder, and he was 240 pounds. Yeah, and those are showed, the guys. He showed up at our New Jersey camp and held his own with, with bigger, stronger guys. But at 240, you're like, Man, I, I can't go higher than a three star for this kid. I mean, yeah. I don't know how he's gonna fill out, but yeah, you, you look at the guys we got at the top here. You know, uh, Evan Neal's 360 pounds. That could be a problem. Um, yeah, you know,
1: and, and, and Darnell Wright, or he could be a or he could be a Jawan Taylor type where conti- he could Evan Neal's issue in high school was he's gonna balloon up and down in his weight. Can he can he deal with it? Uh can he stay lean. When he's lean he's great. Um but you know, he's he's going to be in the three hundreds, no doubt about it. Darnell Wright
0: listed three hundred, but he was clearly like three thirty five at Under Armour,
1: carrying yeah. some
0: bad weight. And then he looked like a, a kid like Charles Cross, who's two seventy and six foot five. That could be That's who you want.
1: Yeah. That's who you want.
0: That could be I mean Kenyon Green's three fifteen. He's already, you know, pretty big. Cardell Thomas, three twenty eight. Pretty big. So You'd think we'd learn from this, but try to find an offensive lineman who's 260 pounds in high school that blows you away.
1: Here's a, here's a perfect example. I was just going down the offensive line list. I wasn't listening to you. I was doing some research here. Awful. Uh, 56 in the country, 2020 class, Ozzie Trapillo from Boston College High, 6'8", 255 that's a kid who we should discuss moving up in the rankings if he can move at all because he's got the height they're gonna love that size and then he's gonna be able to pull, he's gonna he's gonna be 275 280 at Boston College and then he'll be 290 heading into the combine and he'll blow people away
0: and his dad was Steve Trapillo, who played I think 10 years with the New Orleans Saints
1: exactly okay we're move, let, let's move him up right now let's have a rankings call get everybody on the phone Mike what number is he 56 offensive tackle or or you look at the tight ends like these guys that there are so many guys that we deal with all the time that are resistant to move to tackle that they're not an athletic tight end but they'd be the most athletic offensive tackle and uh you know you look at guys i'm just looking down the list of guys who have that size they washington is not going to be an offensive tackle because he's going to be the best tight end in the history of the world but uh, you know, you just look down the list like a Theo Johnson, who's a very talented tight end right now, 6'5, 235, could be an incredible guy. Mark Redman is a guy that we actually discussed yesterday. He's a kid from Newport Beach, he's 6'6, 245 right now, great tight end, but he could be a 6'7, 275 pound, in super athletic offensive tackle. So, so hard to it's predict, it's just amazing. Though. It's so, it's, hard. so hard. it's impossible to predict, well, I mean, and so Gron- many kids don't want to move.
0: I thought Gronkowski was going to be an offensive tackle. And yeah, he was massive mm-hmm. in high school, and now yeah. he's you know one of the best tight ends to ever play in the NFL. I thought Calcaterra was going to be a freaking offensive tackle. I yeah. I'm reminded of that every second of every day on the Oklahoma board. You know, mm-hmm. because they saw him in Under Armour, and I'm like, wow, that is that is a big framed kid, and yeah. and he didn't move that well, but he's obviously having a very good career so far. and Now people, oh, who's Greg Calcaterra going to be an offensive tackle, you stupid idiot? You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's so hard to project tight ends to be that guy. But you're right. I mean, uh, who's the guy with the Eagles? Lane Johnson. Yes. He was a quarterback. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I know it sounds like we're making excuses, which we are. We're also just
1: saying, look, you know, looking things. back on this, it's pretty easy to look at, but you can't, you can't predict these kinds of things. It's just too impossible.
0: Lane Johnson in high school in two thousand eight was six foot five, two hundred and two pounds. Yeah. <laughs> no offers. <laughs> he ended up walking on in Oklahoma, and then he ended up being a top, I think, top five, He was fourth overall, in the NFL draft. So if anybody knew that was coming, then you can have my job. You know, because you just can't with these big athletes. You just don't know what to. I mean, Montez Sweat was a two-star tight end who went to Michigan State as his I think his only offer. Yeah. Um, transferred to Mississippi State after a year of JUCO. JUCO is a three-star kid. He was not a six-foot-six, two hundred and sixty-pound freak of nature. He turned into one, and he's going to be one of those guys. When you look at the mock draft, when he goes in the top ten, and everybody looks at him as a three-star out of JUCO, they to be like, "Whoa, you guys suck!" And that one's going to and ding this, us.
1: And this is why I like Dan Mullen so much is because he found and developed Chris Jones. He 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 got Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, you know, Alabama was definitely in that late. Uh, he found and developed Montez Sweat. So if he could do that. If he could replicate that at Florida with the talent that they have at defensive back, um, and then the talent that he can develop at quarterback, and on and just the playmakers that they could get at Florida, I think he could. I think he could really develop a special program at Florida uh, if he can continue finding those kind of undervalued defensive linemen. Simmons was a national guy; everybody knew about him, but nobody knew about Sweat. Everybody knew about Jones, but keeping him uh, was was very important too.
0: Yeah, Mississippi is one of those states, man, that just produces a lot of talent, a lot of NFL guys, and gets overlooked, probably more than any other state. It's a real tough state to scout. Um, you know, there's a lot of late development going on there for kids. Uh, they, can't, they just don't get a ton of attention. Nobody runs camps in Mississippi. I think we did it one year. Um, but, you know, it's always Louisiana, or it's always Alabama. It's never Mississippi, so... You know, got to keep an eye on those kids because look at what the old Miss and Mississippi State kids did at the combine. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. And yeah. It's not like you know they were tearing up the world on the field as a team, but they've got some tremendous athletes on those uh, on those teams. I, I still think offensive tackle-wise, Jonah Williams is my guy, but I don't know. Other people don't. He's like not him. a guard. No, he's a tackle. His his I kick think step, he's the right tackle. his, his kick, yeah. his kick slide is really impressive to me. Um, He's nasty. He's physical. I know he had trouble with Clemson speed rush guys, but everybody has trouble with those guys. And, you know, he'll learn, but I I think he's a left tackle and I think he's going to be really good. I think Cody Ford um, is a right tackle to me, but a really, really good one. Uh, Dillard, I'm not sold on. He's athletic as heck, but I, I, I just have a feeling, you know, I see people get into his body too much and you know, I think Joan Taylor, who just doesn't make any mistakes, is going to be a guy that you know plays offensive tackle or offensive guard for a very long time in the in the in the league. I was watching the defensive backs this morning, and they're still going on now. Cornerback yeah. position looks bad. I'll tell you who I love is your guy Byron Murphy. Love Byron
1: Murphy. Byron Murphy, he's the man, and he's a playmaker too. He. Always around the ball and he just doesn't knock it down, he picks it off. And it was player. it was
0: very interesting hearing Dion say you don't want those big body kids at corner. You don't want that. You want the small frame kids at corner because they're flexible and they can move and, and that's so opposite of what everybody sort of is scouting these days. But yeah. Byron Murphy is that guy. I mean he's not big. Uh, he's not small, but he's 510. Uh, yeah, but when I hear Dion who is obviously one of the best defensive backs ever, say you know it's those small body guys and he's not talking about five foot nine guys. He's talking about the 510 511 guys that are maybe 175 pounds out of high school that'll play it, I don't know, 195 to 200 pounds in the NFL. But will not lose any of their their fluidity. If that's such a word. Um, I, I'm I'm looking at you know corner a little bit differently after hearing that. It's it's there's always a learning process. This is what I love about the combine. You you get to listen to guys you know for years it was Mike Mayock and now it's um, uh, Daniel Jeremiah. DJ. Dude, yeah. I
1: I think he's done a great job. Yeah, he weekend. has done a great
0: job. And and, and you, you hear these guys who've been scout. I mean, you just scout for three different NFL football teams and knows more about football than than you and I'll ever know. Um, But you also hear the players. You know, you hear Joe Thomas talking about the offensive lineman. Um, You hear Willie McGinnis talking about the the defensive lineman and stuff like that. You learn so much from those four days of coverage when you're talking about scouting. And you could be a scout for 20-plus years like I have been and learn a ton, like, this yeah. past four days, I've learned so much more about scouting football players. And last year, you know, listening to Mayock, I learned a ton. You know, so every year I look forward to the Combine and people think I'm nuts because it's... It can, no, I love it too. It can I love be it for really the same boring. reasons.
1: And the yeah, other- you, either, you either justify some of the way you think, you learn more about how... What I love about Daniel Jeremiah and, and Mayock in the past is that they're talking... They're saying the things that, when they're talking to scouts and you know executives at the teams, they're expressing to us what NFL teams are looking for. You know, so um, I think that's I think that's incredibly valuable for what we do, because if NFL teams are looking for those fluid 5'10", 175 seventy five pound cornerbacks coming out of high school that can develop, well our cornerbacks right now at the top are six three six one six two. You know, so. You know, those are those are the questions. So I'm not saying those guys are dropping, but if you look at a guy uh, like Malachi Moore, number nine, who's six feet even, who's probably 5'11", 175. Look, to us, to our eye, he's probably a little undersized and skinny, but in five years from now, he's going to be at Alabama, and and we should project him out, you know? I mean, it's just those are the things that I think we need to take into account when we're doing this um, because we hit a lot of guys. I mean, look at our defensive tackle. And defensive end rankings coming into this combine, we hit a lot of those guys. But there are certainly some misses that I think we can learn from, too.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, if you ever want to learn about scouting, just watch the combine and listen to the Joe Thomases and, and, and William yeah. McGinnis. And, and, you know, obviously Mayock was in there and, and Jeremiah and, and guys like that. They'll teach you a lot of stuff. You know, it, it's funny because Owen Popo is a kid that's going to be interesting to see because he's a freak athlete. So I'm picturing him in three years. He's going to Auburn from the 2019 class. He's six foot one, 202 pounds. He'll probably get up to 230, something like that. If he keeps yep. his speed, he could bust out a 4'5". Yep. And you're talking 6'1", 230, 4'5", 40, you know, 40-inch vertical, guy who could land in the first round. We dropped him from five stars because – Uh, yeah, there were size issues and and he didn't have the best year at Grayson. I mean, he wasn't dominating. He wasn't all over the field and things like that. But, you know, that's a guy we could look back on 59th in the country and say, well, we had him at five. We should have kept him there. Um, I don't know. I I, I
1: think, and I think with linebacker now, all that matters. I mean, look at Devin Bush. He was not a kid in high school that you were like, wow, that's an impressive looking kid. He He wasn't wasn't that kid at Michigan. Michigan. Uh you know, I, I think Roquan, Roquan Smith was not a big kid, and he didn't make it past mid-level four-star. So I think at linebacker, you're like, who are the guys in this class, no matter what they look like, that fly around the field and have 120 tackles a year? And legit 120 tackles, and they're everywhere, and they do everything. Yeah, well, And, and whether, they're, whether they're small or big or whatever, those are the guys that should probably move.
0: I still have a problem with the small thing, and I, I guess... You know, again, there aren't a lot of 5'11 great linebackers in the NFL. Right. So I would say Devin Bush is probably the exception. But Roquan Smith, Devin Bush, back-to-back draft years going in the first round, maybe that's the trend now. N'Kobe Dean was a kid that we had who's going to Georgia as a five-star, and and I led the charge to drop him. He was too small when I saw him. You know, he looked 5'10 And
1: and But you also also run run the the risk, Mike, of of this, of of doing doing the the opposite opposite where where every – quick twitch, white, wide receiver, you know, the, 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 the hype is that that's the next Wes Walker, or Julian Edelman, you know, I mean, you have to be careful about how you do that. Just because you're a small linebacker doesn't mean you're the next rope Smith.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's a
1: hard thing it, to do.
0: Well, and just cause you're, you know, five foot 10 and you're Kyler Murray doesn't mean that the next five ten quarterback, I see I'm going to give four stars. I mean, Kyler Murray is exactly. an exception. He's an exceptional talent. And, uh, you know, a great football player, but he's the exception, not the rule. It just so happens that I think with the athleticism, the exceptions becoming more common, Yeah. Um, you know, but I'd still take a kid who looks like Brandon Smith, six foot three, 225 pounds going to Penn state, you know, over in the Kobe Dean, even though we have Dean ranked higher, I think when you project Brandon Smith down the line, he could be one of those combine freaks, um, you know, in a few years. We'll just see how it projects, but, you know, people are going to grade us on, on this stuff. I think we're in okay shape when it comes to, you know, mostly four stars and some fives. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to go in the first round. He's a three star. He had a great senior year, but you know, just was too late to get any sort of bump up. Uh, Deandre Baker was a three star Noah Fant was a three star. You know, you've got guys that are threes in here. Um, you know, if, uh, what's a quarterback, um, Daniel Jones, if he goes in the first round, then we're dead. Because he's, <laughs> he's a zero star who had, I mean, he had to walk on at Duke. Yeah. And he had nothing going on at all um, back in 2015 out of high school. One yeah. school showed him interest, which was NC State. He was a Charlotte Latin. He put up good numbers too. He was six foot four. Six foot four, two hundred pounds. We never saw him. I mean, we got no picture. There's no article that you know that we were able to scout him. That's why he's got zero stars. I mean, we just never yeah. saw him uh, play. Uh, and, and you know, it's just one of those kids who slips through the cracks and just happens to be, you know. Go to Cutcliffe and turn into a very good quarterback. I wasn't overly impressed with him at the combine. I still right. think he's a reach for a first rounder, but quarterback position he could certainly be a guy that somebody takes, and uh, you know that'd be a, a zero star quarterback. But that's what Carson Wentz was. I mean, um, you know he went FCS. Daniel Jones could have easily. Probably go FCS. He just wanted to play FBS and was willing to walk on at Duke um, Yeah, you know, he walks on someplace else. He may never play So that'll be an interesting one right there. I'm not sure how many quarterbacks are gonna be taken, but the combine itself I think obviously the defensive linemen were definitely the, the, the Talk the wide receivers were also extremely deep
1: uh, Very Do we want positional. to talk about DK Metcalf really quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can. It's up on the front of rivals. Uh, you know, my thoughts on him. Gosh, he's a great-looking kid, and he was a great-looking kid in high school.
1: Yeah, he was a great-looking kid. Um, Keyshawn Johnson told me once, though, that some receivers are like a Jaguar. They, when they run, they run great, and but they're always in the shop. And this is a kid who had a foot injury as a freshman, a neck injury as a junior, Uh, and those are two injuries that aren't exactly like a pulled hamstring and he sat out those are serious injuries but you wonder when you look that good uh i think george farmer had this issue too that any little tweak of a muscle because you have no fat on your body because you're just so primed for, for for perfection uh you wonder if this is a guy that just wows people at the combine um he didn't have great numbers at all Miss. I mean, he had very decent numbers. But if we're talking about... I wonder if NFL people are just falling in love with how he looks and how he plays.
0: Yeah. And uh, he was very, very pedestrian at Army. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, he was. He, he won the Bear Market Award. The the infamous Farrell Bear Market Award for <laughs> the player whose stock, stock dropped the most... During the week. You should go
1: through all your bear markets and see how those people play out. It would be
0: funny. I mean, yeah, I should. Metcalf had a bad case of the drops all week in practice, had a hard time getting separation. You know, people, when I write my little Ferrell's take on this stuff, said we question his speed, and then they laugh. He ran a 4-3-3. Now, we're talking like four years ago, man. He was not a 4-3-3 kid. He was 6'5", 211 pounds, long strider, not a sudden – Speedy kid, he could not get separation. Um, no. He was too slow for the west corners, uh, you know. And he, here's what I wrote: He's a big kid, but if you're going to outrun speedy guys, you'd better catch everything. And yeah. if, if you're if you're not going to outrun speedy guys, you'd better catch everything. So he, he wasn't getting separation; he was dropping passes. Others who made that list: Tavian Feaster, who's really, I don't even. I think he's. I mean, he obviously had a disappointing career at Clemson. Based on all the hype coming out of Spartanburg, I remember he was supposed to be the best prospect coming out of Spartanburg in like 40 years. I think he'll, he'll be the, the guy, guy this history, year, right after gone? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Uh, Felipe Franks, who is average, still very very average. Benjamin yeah. Victor, who hasn't really done a lot at Ohio State. No, but here's a bad one: Trayvon Mullen. Ooh,
1: that's a mess. <laughs>
0: yeah, because he's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be a first rounder probably. He's got good size, very fluid corner. Um, the bull market guys. None of these guys will ever amount to anything. <laughs> this is bad. Let's hear it. Tyler Bird. Do you even uh, remember Tyler Bird? I know Larry Burr. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tyler Bird, Shaquille Quarterman, who went to Miami, who had a really good freshman year and then just tailed off. Eric yeah. Fowler, who was a monster.
1: Oh, he okay. okay that that I, I, I will defend, defend you there because, because he was just phenomenal. He was, was, didn't he have to transfer
0: because yeah. of grades or something? Yeah,
1: he, yeah, he left Texas. There were there were always questions of if he could even get into Texas because of his grades. He got in, and then he transferred to. Oh, jeez. Um, Sam Houston State, I think. Yeah,
0: something really, really small. He, he had
1: good numbers this year because I sadly had to look him up for one of our articles. Um, well, watch. He'll yes. probably be a
0: kid who, you know, he'll be invited to the combine when it's his turn. Yeah. You, you always see the Sam Houston State. Like, who the hell is this kid? But Fowler yeah. was a big-time kid. Uh, he just—he you know, was good. He was Awfield, very good. Off-field yeah. stuff kind of killed him. Jeffrey Simmons, which that was a good yeah, call. Yeah, there you uh, go. Tremonda Moore hasn't done much? Huh, no. Ross, Bla- uh, Ross Blacklock. I gotta be very careful. Ross Blacklock. <laughs> Defensive tackle for Texas. And then Josh Brown, the North Carolina kid who went to Florida State, and I don't even know what he's doing. So, not a great bull market there, but. Nah, no, the, the bull market was not a hit there. Physical prowess is always interesting. Ben Cleveland, remember what he looked like?
1: Yes, yes. Remember, remember when we, we first met, met him was at the Five Star Challenge, yep. and, and that's when he told us he used to be able to pick up the back end, end of a truck? Yeah, and he used to lift engines. Yeah. That was
0: his weight program, he used to lift engines and stuff, because I think somebody was in a mechanic in his family or something like that, and yeah. Raekwon Davis was also on my physical prowess, and he'll be out next year, and he could be a first rounder as well, so it's always interesting looking back on this stuff, but... DK Metcalf to me is not your number one wide receiver. He's David Bo- He's David Boston. That's who he is. Yeah. Who's my number one wide receiver? That's real hard. Because A.J. Brown is a guy that I always uh, like. Oh, it it's interesting, though, because I, I think, think Daniel General said, said it this weekend, weekend
1: that the criticism of A.J. Brown, Brown is that he doesn't run, run routes. They, they just dump it off and to him. That's why he has 82 catches catch. a year. They, they just, just dump it off and let him run
0: with it. I like Marquise Brown, but he's small. What, what about Nikhil, Nikhil Harry? Harry? I love Nikhil Harry, but people don't like Nikhil Harry. I
1: don't know. I don't, they don't know why. Think he's I stiff. guess he got criticism for not catching the ball smoothly enough this weekend. weekend but well, yeah, he him.
0: He didn't have a great gauntlet, and they think he's stiff. And they expected him to run in the four sevens. He ran like a four five three. I love Nikhil, Nikhil right.
1: Harry. I think they're missing on Nikhil Harry. I think he's going to be a superstar. Oh, I think he's going to be
0: better than Paris Campbell. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Paris Campbell didn't yeah. run a route over 10 yards all last year.
1: Yeah. I want to talk about but it. Is but that. Is that the anthem now? Is, is everybody, everybody just, just doing what, what the Patriots, Patriots do? Don't, uh, don't, don't make, make it complicated. complicated. No, just dump no, it and no, run. Did,
0: did, did, everybody's not doing what the Patriots do, which is why the Patriots are still winning Super Bowl. Are still, still winning. winning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, if he goes to the Patriots, then mm-hmm. maybe he could be that, that slot guy for them. But, you know, he's not going to get that far. Paris ran a four three one. He's going to be picked in the top 20. And I, yeah. just, I just don't see it, you know, uh, from film, him being a great – you know, Calvin Harmon, I think, is okay. People love him. Yeah, he's, he's okay. okay. You know, yeah. Some people love him. Some don't. Um, I like the wide receiver group. It's just that, you know, some of these guys that I like, a lot of people are pushing down in the second and third round, and I can't figure it out. Nikhil Harry, I thought if he – he'll kill the interviews. We knew that. Uh, size is not an issue. If you ran in the four fives, I thought he was a sure first-rounder Then he I, I just think we need to
1: deal, deal with, with I, just I just think we need to deal with Managing, deal with with managing expectations from the, from the combine. I mean John Ross John broke, broke the, the record at the combine, combine for the 40 the, the Bengals were trying to deal with him last year, and, 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 he's, and he's done nothing there. He's a constant linger but, but, he he, but he got into the first round because of it, you know, I mean DK Metcalf is a very decent football player and, and he, he looks, looks like an Adonis, and he looks like the best, best player, player ever, but, but is he a great wide receiver, receiver in, the in the NFL? I'm not I'm so, so sure. sure.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and you know, a lot of people like Riley Ridley heading into the combine as a real sleeper, the best route runner in the whole draft, going to be a late first rounder. I never saw that either. I
1: think, I think that's, that's Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Really hope. hope.
0: Yeah, Calvin definitely saw. I remember I was at the Miami camp, and Calvin showed up, and his little brother showed up, and it was Calvin and Cavin. Cavin was Riley, yeah. and Riley changed his <laughs> name to Riley because people were confusing it with Calvin too much. And Calvin was awesome. Cavin was thicker, but not nearly as fast, not nearly as fluid. His body control wasn't there. You know, yeah. sometimes people look for stuff because of who you're related to, and, and sometimes it's just not there, so... I don't know. I think the, the first round is going to be very interesting. The Combine's awesome. I just I love I'm the Combine. I'm such yeah, a I nerd. I, p- I tweeted out that I love the Combine, and everybody made fun of me. Like, if they all think I'm a loser going in. I don't understand it. I can't, I can't imagine why they would that. think that. I mean, I don't leave the house. Ever. <laughs> I watch bar rescue while working all day. Then I watch Two and a Half Men.
1: Three, three for three. three. What, what is, is this, nineteen ninety six?
0: Then I watch Mom, which I love. It's my favorite. Mom, mom is an underrated, underrated show. It's a great show. Uh and then you know have a cocktail or two here and there. That's that sounds like a cool guy, right? No, it does not. not. Yeah. I'm gonna, just I'm just gonna start making fun, to fun of me with my wife doesn't think it's very cool either. Yeah, I would not imagine. Every day she comes home, she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, she's still in the house. You know? (laughs) It's pretty bad. (laughs) I think that's a good place to wrap things up.
1: All right. I'll get us out of here. I'll remind everybody you can find us on Twitter at RivalsMike, at Adam Gorney, and at RealDateBerry. We will see everybody again next week.